Welcome to another Sunday morning sermon from Marysville Christian Church. We're glad you're here joining us on this journey to learn more, love more, and look more like Jesus. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee and a Bible as we dive into God's Word. Every year during the NFL draft, eventually they get to the last person drafted by some pro team. This year, Deshaun Johnson from University of Toledo, go Rockets, is Mr. Irrelevant of 2023. Nobody wants to be chosen, chosen last because it feels like, yeah, I got a spare draft pick. Let's give him a shot, you know. Yet that's how we feel sometimes as far as whether or not we deserve to be there, whether or not we deserve to be chosen by God. God chooses and uses everyday people like us. Paul describes it this way in 1 Corinthians 1. Brothers and sisters, God chose you to be his. Now, don't, don't get lost in all the words on the screen. Just take a breath and reflect on that. God chose you to be his. Think about that. Not many of you were wise in the way that the world judges wisdom. Not many of you had great influence. And not many of you came from important, wealthy families. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He chose the weak things of the world. To shame the strong. And God chose what the world thinks is not important. What the world hates and thinks is nothing. He chose these to destroy what the world thinks is important. God did this so that no one can stand before him and boast about anything. Think, think about this. If, if you change that up just to make it personal, it, it comes like this. God chose me when I've been foolish to embarrass the wise. He chose me when I've been weak to humiliate the strong. And God chose somebody like me that the world may not think is very important. And he did that. He did that so that I could not stand before him and brag about who I am. You see, God chooses and uses everyday people. That's great news if you've ever felt like you were irrelevant to God because you were too foolish in what you did, because you were too weak and standing against the temptations that are your sugar stick that you like to lick. And when you look around and you see plenty of other people that are a whole lot more qualified than you are to do what God's given you the opportunity to do, whatever that is, I want you to remember that God's always had a thing for choosing people who aren't exactly the perfect people with a perfect past 
and the perfect ability to do what he wants them to do. I mean, if you have heard stories in the Bible, you'll remember that God chose a guy named Noah to save humanity from the flood. And yet after the flood, Noah got drunk and passed out completely naked. No kid ever wants to see their parent naked. And yet that's exactly what happened And before they went in and covered him up. God chose David. It's in the Bible. You look at me like I made that up. Read it. I saw that look. God chose Abraham to be the original example of great faith. But he had an ongoing serious problem with lying. Especially when he felt cornered that there was no way out. That doesn't sound like faith. And yet Abraham's the father of faith. He chose Joseph to save God's chosen family tree from extinction. How ironic is that? Because his family was so dysfunctional that his brothers sold him into human trafficking. And he chose Moses to lead his people to the promised land, even though Moses had already established a history of making rash decisions and then running away from the consequences. We've never done that, right? And he chose David to be king, somebody that was so insignificant that he's the little brother that everybody was embarrassed by. Even his own father forgot to, you know, have him considered as possibly being the next king when he wanted to see all of Jesse's sons. God chose Gideon to be the freedom fighter who would deliver his nation. And when he did that, he was hiding in a well, just trying to survive, another farmer hoping to you know, gather in some grain. And he lived the rest of his life as that great general, reluctant and in constant need of reassurance. Asking God over and over, should I do this? How do I know, God? Are you really sure? Again, something that we frequently find ourselves doing, asking for reassurance if God's serious about something he's asked us to do that we don't really want to do. We hope if we ask him enough, he might second guess it. And God chose Rahab and Ruth to perpetuate the royal family tree of Jesus. One was a prostitute, the other was a childless widow. And both were foreigners to God's people. And these are the people that God chose. Vince Antonucci is a preacher and author in Vegas. Unlike me, or something you'll never see me do, Vince invited a tattoo artist to give him a tattoo on his arm while he preached. Not happening here. <laughs> Not with this guy. I'm not that brave. The tattoo, by the way, says on his forearm, the one Jesus loves. Okay, cool tattoo. I still ain't doing it. <laughs> he wrote in a book called God for the Rest of Us these, this observation. We're all strange in our own way. We have quirks, bad habits, hang-ups, and painful experiences that have left scars, we're not quite right. The bottom line, 
God has a history of choosing everyday messy people just like us. And in that listing of people, I didn't even mention the disciples of Jesus or Saul of Tarsus, who called himself the chief among all sinners. Why would he do that? For this reason. It was, is, and always will be because of his love and purpose for us. Not because we're so great or so qualified, but because of what he intends to do for us, in us, and through us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, he says, even before he made the world. Don't miss that. Before he made the world. God loved us. And he chose us in Christ to be holy and stand without fault in his name. What an incredible disappointment I must have been to him. Oh, and you too. Right? And yet, he still chose us. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when I wouldn't have even chosen me. The choices I've made, the choices I refuse to make. The attitude that Claudia has endured through the years, the same bad habits without any progress, year after year, the doubts I have, the depending on myself instead of God, and yet Jesus chooses to stand up for us every day, 24-7, 365, even when we've disappointed God the most. And he does that because he's the perfect one. He's the one who's worthy. And in Christ, we looked, we're looked upon as though we're the ones who are holy and standing faultless before him. God chooses and uses everyday people. He goes on in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, to say this. So we praise God for the glorious grace. Just think about what he's just said. Because he loved us in Christ and chose us in Christ, because Christ is the one who's holy, Christ is the one who's worthy, Christ is the one who stands holy before him, not me. But he lets us in because Jesus stands up for us. We praise God for the glorious grace that he's poured out on us. Who belong to his dear son. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Thank God for the grace that he's poured out. The word simply means to, to, to get the last drip, to get all of it, to empty the container. And trust me, I need all the grace that God can pour out on me. Don't worry about using up a limited supply of God's grace because while you grow into his image and out of who you naturally are on your own when left to your own devices, don't miss what he says in verse 7 and 8. Because of his grace, not our goodness, 
because of his grace, not our good intentions, he's purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. That was done not only out of his kindness, but also out of all wisdom and understanding. Catch that. The last of the verse, verse 8 in Ephesians chapter 1 says this. He's shown us, he showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Now, part of me reads that and I want to read it as though he's showered me with wisdom and understanding. I must have been using an umbrella because I didn't catch it. Another part of me, though, wonders if the better reading of that is that he showered his kindness on us knowing everything there is to know about us and knowing in his wisdom how much we need that. Understanding everything there is to understand about us from the inside out, not just how we present to others, but how he understands everything there is to understand about us and knows how much we need forgiveness, knows how much we need his grace, knows how much his kindness is required of us, and he pours all of that out on us in his wisdom and understanding. That's what I need. So, God chose to pay our ransom and the full knowledge and awareness of who we are and what we're probably going to do again. I know I've told the story to some in private. I have a well-established opinion about cats. <laughs> One of the strays that our kids adopted when they were young, wowzers, Go-Go <laughs> Gadget was, you know, the, the cartoon of the era. And the cat got run over and come dragging himself home, you know, and dragging his back legs and his tail, you know, and all that. Dad, you got to do something. Do something, Dad. So I called the vet. How much is it going to be? How much? What is exactly the procedure here? And then the vet, being a vet and knowing stray cats who are adopted by kids in the country, made this observation. If we're able to do all that and get him back to normal, there's no guarantee he won't run out the back door and run across the road and get hit all over again. God chose to pay our ransom in full knowledge and awareness that we are probably going to run out the door and do it all over again. Thank God for his grace that didn't choose the easy way out like I did. How much to just put Kitty down? We can get a new stray. I am so glad God didn't just put me down and put me out of his misery. But he paid the price to make me whole again. What's wrong with him? 
Doesn't he know what I'm going to do as soon as the back door's left open? And yet he chooses and uses everyday people like me for his glory. Ephesians 1.12 says he did that so that Jewish believers in Christ would give praise and glory to God. In verse 14, he says that Gentile believers in Christ would give praise and glory to God. And 1 Corinthians 1 verse 29 said that God did this so that no one would stand before him and boast about anything. That'd be about as crazy as wowzers standing up at the back door saying, Yeah, let me out. Look, I'm better now. Instead, it was... It would be like me standing before the throne of God saying, Yep, I'm good now, God. You can go help somebody else. I don't need your help anymore. Now, where's that door? You see, our life is meant to be more than just racing through the schedule every day from one event to the next. We don't get stars in our crown in heaven for being a successful Uber for our family. The intervention of God gives our everyday life a sense of direction, destiny, and purpose. One of my favorite passages is in Acts chapter 13, ironically, because it talks about David, even though David's story is in the Old Testament. But in verse 36 of Acts 13, it says this, summary of David and his life. David served God's purpose in his generation, and then he died and was buried with his fathers. He served God's purpose in his generation. The life of Joseph Joseph is another classic reminder of the intervention of God in everyday life. He was convinced at an early age that God had chosen him and would use him for something special. But the story of his life appeared to be completely random and chaotic because every day, 24-7, 365, Joseph is constantly trying to make sense of the events of his life that were completely out of control and made no sense to him. Until, in retrospect, he reflects this way in Genesis 50, verse 20, as he reveals the conclusion that he came to that gave him a sense of meaning and peace of mind as he thought about his life. You meant to hurt me, he said, to those who had hurt him deeply from his own family. You meant to hurt me, but God turned your evil into good. To save the lives of many people. Do you hear it? It's the intervention of God that Joseph believed in. We're often frustrated with our life in the world. Outside of Sunday, we talk in terms of having to go back out into the world out on Monday. We, we wish for and we long for a way to escape from the world. But that's the same world that was loved by God and has been redeemed by the blood of His Son. That's where God is sending us to be His ambassadors every day, 24-7, 365. God has put you, imperfect as you are, constant screw-up like I am, Continual embarrassment to my wife that I am. God has put us where he would be 
if he were here to make a difference in somebody's life. That's the attitude and approach to everyday life that Jesus taught us. When he said in John 6, verse 38, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. What would God do if he were here? Oh, that's what Jesus lived his life by. Or in chapter 14, verse 10, he says, The words that I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. What would Jesus say if he were, what would God say if he were here? Oh, listen to Jesus, because Jesus says he's doing his work through what I say. If God wants to work in somebody's life to accomplish something for his glory and for their good, who better to send than a member of his family? That was kind of the point in Matthew 21 in the parable of the, ten of the tenants, the renters, if you will. After his messengers were ignored, the owner of the land decides to send his own son. For this reason, they'll respect my own son. But that doesn't happen. God calls us into his family business. But we've all seen what frequently happens when a family business gets handed off to the son or the grandson. There was a good friend of mine built his own construction company from the ground up, became very successful, high reputation. He hands it off to his oldest son who had enjoyed a life in his teen years of playing golf because dad had the funds to do that. And dad liked playing golf too after he'd worked for 25 years to get his business to that point. The only problem was the son didn't realize that dad worked 25 years to get to the point where he could afford to take time off. Guess what happened to the family business? <laughs> We've seen that happen over and over, right? When the second or third generation takes over, they live life as though they're entitled to it. They only show up part-time for the benefits and the reputation. Wait, are we talking about my friend's construction company or are we talking about how people see God in church? You see, God wants his life, his business, to be our new everyday life 24-7, 365. And yet we as men, as members of the body of Christ, tend to treat it as though we could just show up part-time for the benefits. So there, next time you think about skipping church, think of it as just coming to play golf. Okay, it shouldn't be that frustrating. Think of it as... That's just the way I play golf. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, why? Because we're part of the family business. Because we understand our fearful and awesome responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. Either way, the love of Christ compels us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that, he had, that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that we who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they live for Christ who died and was raised for them. 
Anyone who belonged to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message called reconciliation. And so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who had no sin to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. God chooses and uses everyday people who will give as freely as they've received. Jesus sends out the 12 apostles with these instructions in Matthew chapter 10. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. And here's how he finishes that thought in Matthew chapter 10. Give as freely as you've received. And when he's trying to explain why he wasn't embarrassed or ashamed by a woman who had wiped his feet with her own tears and then anointed them with oil in Luke chapter 7. He says it this way, I tell you that all her sins are forgiven. That's why she's shown great love. Because anyone who's been forgiven only a little will show only a little love. David, I want you to praise team. Join me on stage. I'll wrap up. God chooses and uses everyday people who will give as freely as they've received. Here's the reassurance that Jesus gave to everyday guys in Matthew chapter 10, verse 19. After he told them that he wanted them to tell everyone what God is really all about. Do I need a matador cake? <laughs> What in the world? Ole. I was going to wrap up somewhere. I, it's gone now, okay? <laughs> Got visions of Kirk with horns on his head, and Angie with a little hat on her head, you know. You know how that ends, with a sword, right? Okay. Jesus reassures everyday guys who were just a part of the family business with their dad, who just were trying to collect the right amount of taxes and, and, and get by. He says, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. It's not you who will be speaking. It's the spirit of your father speaking through you. Why would he do that? Why depend on everyday people to carry on something so important as the work of Jesus? Luke writes it this way in Luke 10. The Lord chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into his field. Now go. 
Why would he do it? Why would he depend on everyday people like us? Because he's coming soon. And he needs everyday, irrelevant people like us on his team to share the same message of mercy, forgiveness, and hope that we've received. Have you received mercy? Give it freely. Have you been lost and found? Find others. Have you received the hope of forgiveness from your past sins? Then give that same hope to others freely. I pray that during the singing of this next song, that you'll consider a God who's chosen you. Just another everyday person. Because he's convinced that you will allow him to give to others as freely as he's given. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Marysville Christian Church and connect with us, be sure to go to our website, marysvillechristian.org. If you are near the Marysville area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday morning. We have our Bible study classes at 9 a.m. and our regular worship service is at 10 a.m. Our address is 17,000 Waldo Road, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. Our phone number is 937-642-9838. Email is office at marysvillechristian.org.